Weber, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Vincent Hoy. Hello. Uh, Ricky's off with a big baby. He may be here. He might not be here. Um, I don't, he just wishes baby to get better because that little kid has had a lot of problems, at least from the emails I've been getting. Yeah. All right. Anyways, little Ricky, please get better. What's what's Ricky's name? Uh, kid's name is it Gabriel? I think so. I. Oh man. How sad is that? You know, <laughs> we don't even know his name. Hey, we don't even know Ricky's name. Uh, Ricky's not even his name. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's what I was going to say. Ricky is not his name. He's going to end up being known by something else. Anyways. All right, anyways, so this is the show where we pick a movie, we review it, we give a score, and then we talk about other things. Um, so this, the movie of the week this week is a John Grisham movie. Runaway Jury is the name of the film. Uh, it stars John Cusack, Gene Hackman, Dustin Hoffman, Rachel Weisz. Is that how you say it? Yep. Uh, um, and then it has a, a whole bunch of B actors that you see in a whole bunch of other movies, like the um, guy. Uh, yeah, and then the 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 one uh, the one guy who goes into Nicholas Easter's apartment first. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a, he's in a whole bunch of different movies. Yeah. Um, he's never going to star in anything, but he's just you know he's all over the damn place. Um, um, so, anyways, it has a very as Vince was saying before uh, we started recording, has a very uh, grand ensemble cast. Um, now, this isn't the only. Uh, film John Grisham film that Gene Hackman's in. He's also in um, The Firm. Yes. He's he's also in The Chamber. Um, Wait, have you ever seen The, the Chamber? Is, is The Firm the one with the, with the little boy? No, no, no. The, the Firm is is Tom Cruise, and uh, basically he gets um, he gets recruited into a Tennessee law firm that is actually a front for the mob, okay. uh, the Chicago mob. Oh, um, wow. and, and then you know it's it's called corrupt lawyers and. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. It, it's not a fantastic movie. I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan when he's in uh, serious films without ass kicking. You know, he doesn't, he's like, he's kind of like Jason Statham in that if he, he's going to be a movie, he better kick somebody's ass. You know, he's just, he's not a very good actor otherwise. Okay. Um, and totally off topic. Anyway, so this movie is uh, about jury tampering uh, and uh, gun rights, I guess. So there's a trial after uh, uh, some guy went postal in a stock brokerage house. Yep. Killed like eleven people, and then uh, the movie is, itself is based around a civil a civil trial. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Nicholas Easter, who is played by um, John Cusack, is yep. um, put onto the jury, and basically he's partnered with like his girlfriend or wife or somebody, uh, and they're trying they're they're influencing the both the lawyers and the jury uh, consultants uh, to try to influence which way the the jury swings, you know, they're trying to buy the, they want jury consultants to buy the jury. Um, and it turns out, and the, is that really a thing though? I, I just want to be clear about this. Cause again, I'm, I'm a good old Canadian, so we don't know how this, <laughs> like, judicial system I'm, I'm sure it's happened. Um, uh, but I mean, there's, so, so there's always been stories of juries, you know, there, there's usually it's not high profile. Um, but there's always, there's a, a lot of, uh, especially, Back in the like the seventies and eighties, when a lot of the the mob trials were going on, um, yep. there were a lot. There's always a lot of um, stories there around around jury tampering and uh, but, so like there was this one in the seventies. I can't remember what mobster it was, um, but he kidnapped the jury foreman's daughter and then, then held her hostage and saying, "You you vote. The jury needs to be come back hung, in or if you want to ever see your daughter again." So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Uh, okay. So obviously this is more dramatic uh, than any of that kind of stuff, I suppose, um, because you know Nicholas Easter's character is trying to uh, he, he's trying to influence both 
sides of it, but in reality, he was always going to swing it towards the 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 I guess the prosecution or the the plaintiff, yeah. The plaintiff, yeah. So I mean, it was, it was always going to go that way, but his, his go their goal was to get the money from the def the, the defense, but still swing it to the plaintiff side, even even if the you know the defense didn't didn't pay or did pay or whatever it didn't matter. It was always going to go towards because the. Nicholas Easter and his girlfriend or whatever played by Rachel Weiss is um, they were uh, like in a school or whatever that was was uh, shot up by the same company's gun in like yeah. Cincinnati or Cleveland or something. Um, yeah. So that's ba that's the basic uh, layout of the story. And it, it ends with uh, just the way you'd expect it to end with the, uh, the end. yeah, with the so they get the money and they're going to take all the ten million dollars, or fifteen million dollars, whatever it is, and take it back and put it into their community and uh and the plaintiff wins. The the lady whose husband died. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's how it ends. Um, yeah. Vince, what did you think of this movie? Okay, I think that um, again, I, I was just commenting to Matt earlier that the movie is based in the American uh, judicial system, which is again, I'm not all too familiar with the idiosyncrasies of it. Like I, I there were some points in the process that I had big questions about uh, pertaining to. Uh, I don't know some of the amendments. I don't know. I, like I said just a second ago, I'm not sure if there was such thing as a real juror consultant. Like in the Canadian system, the two opposing yeah, those are real. Okay. Jury consultants are real. They're not an official part. So, like, if, if I got sued, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not gonna have like my lawyer is not gonna hire a jury consultant because like I'm dirt poor. You know what I mean? It, but for like uh, like the big corporates, yeah, big corporate civil lawsuits and things where there's, you know, millions and millions or billions of dollars at stake or whatever, jury consultants are a real thing. Okay, because my, my thing was that in Canada, because I've actually been called up for jury a couple of times, and I've been fortunate enough to be racist, so I never get selected, <laughs> but, which is incidentally, why did, if, if John Cusack was really interested in not being on the jury, he could have just dropped like, you know, he should have dropped like the N-word or something and just said, oh, oh, I don't know, right? But um, when I've been called up to jury, I've been... Um, asked a couple of questions by the actual uh, lawyers on the defense and on the plaintiff, like just very basic questions like, um, have you ever gone to school? Like, I mean, simple questions that, that are that are not like, you know, have you ever been mugged or anything? Like, or what do you think about black people or something? It, but it's very, it's 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 like, you don't know the case because they're just testing out the waters, right? right. So it'll be like, have you been to school? Um, what do you like about your work, right? I mean, it's really weird questions, but it assesses whether or not you're crazy, right? But in the American system, I was like so surprised to see that there's a juror, jury consultant, right? And then, of course, all the idiosyncrasies of how law works. I mean, I'll be quite frank with you. I was really reluctant to watch this movie, Matt, because I hate watching legal dramas, right? Because they're boring. Um, and, I mean, quite frankly, if I wanted to watch something like this, I'd watch, like, Law & Order, right? Like, I mean, that that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's and, boring. And, I yeah, agree with but, that. Only thing that was interesting about this was the cast. Like, I mean, the little tensions between all the people and like the the like I, I gotta give credit to the like B or C list actors that were on the jury because um to do the little nuanced things for then John Cusack to document and say, well, this, this, and this, or for you know Gene Hackman to go, you know what, this guy did this, so I picked up on the fact that oh yeah, this guy's got he's a you know, uh, sh she's a She's the wife of a pastor, and of course, she had an abortion with you know someone that wasn't even the pastor, like that kind of stuff. It's it's all those little things that you, I got to give a nod to the acting. I mean that that's pretty decent. I I was also commenting to Matt that there's some technical issues that again I it's not even a matter of whether or not those systems work. It's just a matter of whether or not those things exist. I think that the premise of having a gun with um, the 
inability to retain fingerprints. I was never aware of this kind of material. I'm not sure if that's actually the case. Uh, there's a part in the movie where uh, the character of Dustin Hoffman on the plaintiff's case is arguing with the, I think it's the CEO or something of the of the gun company. I don't know, um, but he's basically oh, saying the like, beginning of the movie where there are all the CEOs are yeah at the end at the end towards the middle end when the when, the, when like the at a, where he's holding like a gun or whatever yeah 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 so I don't know who that which one that guy is but basically there's a point when Dustin Hoffman's like pressuring the guy and going look man these are ads from your gun for, of your guns and it says basically these guns don't retain fingerprints what other purpose would you have a gun for if not criminal activity to you know to just to, to advertise that it doesn't retain fingerprints right so. As a result, I just found that you know that, that who would ever make a gun like this, and who would ever make a gun that, that, and advertise it that way. So that was another one of those leap of fates. Um, and then I guess the the last bit was just at the end. I just thought it was really strange that um, you know you could have all these uh, you know all, all these jurors just switch over, and then um, you know have that one marine guy. Do you remember? The, do you remember the marine, Matt? Uh, fr Frank. Um... Yeah, when when like they were all arguing and like again, I've never been on a real jury, but like I just found it really weird that you know one guy can just kind of derail the conversation, go like, "Look, man, that woman, she's just like you know basically equivalent to like a gold digger. She's just like trying to win money for herself." But I've worked my butt off. My buddy's got amputees and stuff like that. We shouldn't have this. And there's this huge discussion. And the guy at the the, the, the marine just goes, I think the marine or whatever. But he's like, "Screw it, it's just not fair." And screw the law, right? And I was like. You know what? If you've been sequestered with your jurors all the time, you you know there's a certain rapport that you have, right? And you know it, it just seems very strange. And the last nail in the coffin to me was that I, I know it's a big like David and Goliath thing where like you know the congratulations, the the little guy wins and the woman wins the the settlement. But the big issue with me is okay, can you think in reality if this ever were to happen, some family of a guy that kills everybody, right, gets awarded 110 million dollars, but then the families that are all like you know, totally annihilated. They get nothing from that settlement. That to yeah. me was weird. I, well, I really... okay, so it, it, it's just because she was the one that sued. Where the other, you, you, you know, so you don't know the background. Maybe the other families are suing too. Um, but are you but, making stuff up to like compensate like, right, so, well, I mean, there's also commentary on the little guy really doesn't matter. So, all right. So the re she was the wife of the stockbroker, the, the big chief stockbroker or whatever, but. So, because he was the most like the most powerful guy there that was died, she was the one you know that was able to sue her. You know that was a story about her and her husband and the, you know the tragedy that befell them. But you don't hear anything about the you know the people who are working out there in the cubicles or whatever. Yeah, who, who died as well. So yeah, I mean there there's that. Um, I don't know. I mean there's a lot of problems with this. I mean, so I mean, what else did you have to say? Or did you have a, a right? No, no, but that's the thing. Like the the real like end of you know, end of the movie, it's just like it puts a nail in the coffin. Like, I I mean, I was willing to, you know, tolerate that action sequence where, like, you know, Rachel uh, Weiss, uh, you know, that that attempted, like, you know, uh, mugging and all that stuff. Um, I, like, you know, and, and the, whatever the streetcar thing was. I, I mean, I, I, can, I can understand the desire to put some kind of um, action in it, but it was very, for the most part, a very bland movie. I, I didn't find it very strong. I find that it concluded on a very questionable note because, I mean, I always put things in relation to reality, and I'm like thinking there's no way in hell that this would have been, you know, a, a something to celebrate. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just it's, it was very much a kind of happy ending that was kind of force fit. And it's it again, my rating would be like at best a two out of five, and that's just simply because of the acting. Hmm. 
Interesting. All right. So for me, like like I was t- talking to Vince before we start we started recording. Uh, I like this movie for one reason really, and one reason only is that it's just there's one scene in it for some reason that I find myself ultimately fascinated by. And I don't, I don't even know if it's okay to like a whole movie based on one scene. It's, it seems kind of like a weak reason to like a movie. Like so, I mean, I've watched this movie probably five times, five or six times. It's probably my third favorite Grisham movie. So I like The Firm. I like uh, The Rainmaker is my favorite Grisham movie. It's my it's his, my favorite book of his as well. And eventually I'll have us watch that because I, I really like that. And you'll hate that movie as well, Vince. Um, no, that movie no. that movie has uh, Matt Damon, uh, Danny DeVito, uh, Dan, Daniel Glover. Uh, I'm trying to see who – I can't remember. I don't think there's anybody else. It, it's not a very big ensemble cast. Like Unlike this one where, you know, has a whole bunch – you know, you know, like Jeremy Piven is in this movie. He plays one of the jury consultants. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's really a throwaway character. I mean, he has no significant – I mean, the only reason he's there is because that he's trying to kind of bet to balance out the whole cast. First. So Gene Hackman plays a, the jury consultants for the defense, for the gun lobby. Yeah. Um Jeremy Piven is thrown in there just so that the um, the plaintiff has a jury consultant. You know, like, like so, so he uh, he has a lot of problems with uh, um, Dustin Hoffman's character Wendell Holmes, Wendell something or the other. I don't know. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of problems. He he doesn't get paid or whatever. He's just kind of there, and he ends up getting you know fired a couple times. Unnecessary drama, the whole thing. I mean, I don't like Jeremy Piven, but I don't. I mean, yeah, but he's he's a known name that was just kind of thrown away in this movie because he really well, back then was he back then he wasn't anybody was he oh this is probably around the same time um like that's the best thing i can think of like that kind of stuff man all right so you said this movie came out in 2003 yeah something like that yeah so old school came out in 2003 oh okay okay he was in that movie wow. he was in a movie uh the family man with uh nicholas cage man yeah so i mean he really you know He's never been a huge actor, actor, anyways. You know, he's not. But he's he's another one of those guys that you know he has a name. He, he um people know his name, especially because now he's in a TV show that's really popular called Mr. Selfridge. Um, yeah. anyways, it's a British show. You have to, I don't know, maybe you have to be British in order to understand it. <laughs> you know. Uh, anyways, anyway, so the, anyways, the scene that I like in this movie is towards the end. Uh, Gene Hackman and Dustin Hoffman are in a bathroom. Um, basically it. After the the key witness for the plaintiff has been disappeared, um, <laughs> Dustin often you know like uh, ambushes uh, Gene Hackman's character in the bathroom, and they and they you know they have heated words, and just I, I don't know why I like it. I, mean, I can't even really explain it so much. Um, hey, there's Ricky. Holy shit! Hey, what's up, guys? We're done. <laughs> <laughs> nice of you to join us, Mr. Ricky. Yeah, sorry. Big baby in the cranky computer. Okay, so yeah, where right. are you guys at? I, I'm reviewing it. We'll, we'll, get you, we'll get to you in just a second. Uh, anyways, that's the reason why I like this movie. That one that one scene where, where basically um, Rankin Fitch, which is Gene Hackman's character, says, says, you know, I don't give a shit, and what's more, I never have. You know, it has some great quotable lines in it. Just that one scene. The rest of the movie is kind of throwaway for me, really. Um, it's not. A, the book was... It is one of his mediocre books because, like all of his books, the the ending it just kind of falls off. You know, it 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 doesn't tell what happens to the character. It just it it, it gets to the high point, the resolution or whatever, and then just 
it's done. Just like all of his books, basically. You know, there's nothing. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't really. It, it doesn't feel full. It feels like it could go on for another two or three chapters, and that's what. Uh, the movie didn't really, didn't really uh, hit me that way. Um, the ending, I didn't mind the ending. It was okay, um, but it was also. I mean, the, the whole thing. As Vince said, it's very predictable how it was going to end. You know, it was always going to be the good guy is going to win. Uh, but you know, it was just a matter of you know how much money. You know, so I'm not sure if it was completely predictable because I was like, still, I don't believe that they should be saying that rich person should still rich individual should cash out and win based on this tragedy in light of everyone else. Like it was one of those things. Like no matter what the verdict, someone's a, some someone something you don't want to have happen happens, right? And I think yeah. that's why they put the Marine character to say, what the hell, man? She's rich, and why should all of my buddies who got arms and stuff blown away by guns, why should we just be okay with it, right? My life sucks, right? Yeah, well, all right, so there's that whole, you know, commentary, but there's, I, I think if you're looking at it from a social commentary perspective, no matter who you wanted to win, everybody, I mean, the, the, the director or whatever goes and wanted to make the supreme bad guy the... Not only Rankin Fitch, Fitch's uh, Fitch, um, yeah, they wanted the gun company to be the bad guy, right? But in that, they, I mean, yeah, it's set up that way so that it is, you know, you don't, you want the gun company to lose or whatever. But it's also, I, I, if that was their goal, they play, overplayed a little bit because you're much more likely to see. Gene Hackman's character as the villain than the gun company because he's the guy who's, you know, he's like the front man for the... He's running the puppets. He's the yeah, puppet yeah. He's doing all the dirt digging. All right, so um, I'd probably give this a two and a half, uh, maybe three out of five is, is where I would okay. score this. Uh, and it's not a, I, I never said it was going to be a fantastic movie. It's just that one scene that for some yeah, reason... You watch, like, that is one hell of a long movie, man. It's a legal drama, so it makes it even longer. Yeah, all right, so this movie is like an hour and... Uh, no way. No way it's an hour. It's like an hour and... 45, 50 minutes long. Oh man, that's got to be a like Lord of the Rings, man. This is like this movie. No, seriously, was it? No, no, it's Runaway run Jerry. Long man. <laughs> no, All right, so we're not good at running time. Uh, Ricky, why don't you go and tell us what you thought of this movie? I'll, I'll look at the running okay. time. Okay, so um, for me, uh, I like John Grisham books, um, and the actors in this movie, like you have John Cusack, you have Gene Hackman, Robert. A uh, little over two hours, man. Um, not oh shit. What's the other guy's name? Dustin right. Hoffman. Links Hoffman, right? Yeah. Um, Rachel Weiss. Eh, so so. Um, but for me, I like the movies. I I mean, like um, I I usually like the movies based on um John Grisham books. Like Matt, I found the ending kind of underwhelming. Um, but for me, I think it's kind of funny because. Like, especially with real life, you know, lately we've had so many, um, you know, uh, incidents where people just, you know, go postal and, you know, shoot up the place and stuff. Um, so with this, you know, her husband dies at the office. And so you <clears throat> you start off thinking, okay, so, you know, that's obviously going to be the good guy fighting against the big corrupt gun company that's the bad guy right so then gene hackman comes in he's you know they're looking at blackmailing all the jurors and so it's you know it's like that but then you see 
that it's like there's Rachel Weiss and then there's the juror who John Cusack who's sort of put in there um, and they're playing both sides because they basically just want money, right? And so it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the good wouldn't pay the money, you know what I mean? So then by them paying the money to get their verdict, it draws their morals into question. So they're less good than, you know, the what you would think is the upstanding, you know what I mean? Like who's standing on their morals and, you know, it, it's sort of like the age-old, you know, I'd rather be right and lose than, than you know, do something that sort of, um, you know, brings my my um, my my good into question, right? So here it sort of brings that down a bit so that it's not so clear-cut good and bad, you know what I mean? Um, so it was a really interesting movie. Like I said, I tend to enjoy uh, movies based on John Gershom books. The ending was a bit underwhelming. There's things that didn't make sense, but, you know, like I've always said, those kind of things don't really factor into movies for me. I'm more along the line of, you know, does is it enjoyable for me? Do I get something out of it? I like more thrillers where it's not just, okay, let's sit back and just um, clue out while everyone, you know, fights and shoots up the place. Um, but yeah, for me, I would probably give it a six out of ten. It's something I'd watch again, but it's not something that's like on my, you know, top ten list of things to watch over and over and over. I'd understand that. I'm right there with you. Um, all right. So what's interesting, uh, or maybe not so interesting, is this movie lost a lot of money. <laughs> uh, um, or at least from the box office perspective, I mean, it was supposedly a $60 million budget, I mean, which is unsurprising, because, I mean, it had, you know, some really good oh, actors in it, I mean, much. yeah, so, I mean, but it ended up earning $49 million, oh, uh, wow. worldwide, so, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, like yeah alright, so, here, here's some trivia for you, just before we move to the section, did you guys know that they did a remake of The Firm? No. I did not know that, they did a, in 2012, there was a remake of The Firm, I've never watched, it has, uh, a whole bunch of throwaway player people in it. I've never heard of any of these people before. Um, Josh Lucas, uh, N- Natasha Callis. I don't know any of these people. Anyways, they definitely made a remake. Um, that oh. must have been the most yeah, under the ra- under the radar uh, John Grisham <laughs> movie ever made, um, which is interesting. All right, anyways, so that was the movie. Um, moving on to the section, Vince, did you do anything fascinating this week other than? I'm I'm dropping my success ratio to 50%, but I've just called a lot of the kids in the program, so you're welcome, society. (laughs) (laughs) No more buildings with doors on the second floor. (laughs) Uh, Don't get me started, man. Don't. I'm going to get trouble for the stuff I would say, man. We'll take that as a no. All right, Ricky, what about you? You do anything fascinating? Um, honestly, I would say it's probably gonna be expected from me. But watching the um, Apple event, um, 
Just because you guys know you didn't that get an I, invite. I mean, you weren't there. Johnny Ive wasn't sitting yeah, next to you in the front row, and I think they, I mean, they lost my invite in the mail or something. <laughs> I up with that. Um, um, but you yeah, guys know I had pretty fast on that one, man. <laughs> you guys know I had the pro, right? Um, so yeah, this 9.7 inch pro is making things really interesting for me. Um, cause I mean this year my MacBook pro is, you know, it's getting long in the tooth. Um, but I'm thinking instead of upgrading, I might just get an iPad pro and supplement it. Right. So I don't know if I want to go with the bigger screen one again, or maybe the smaller screen one, you know, is more portable and it has all the you know, it's got, uh, I can use the pencil, it's got the nice uh, resolution, um, it's the lighter. Small one, right, it's so the small more. one makes sense, right? Because it's $599, you can't get a MacBook for that price. Yeah. Okay? yeah. That makes sense, okay? But the bigger one doesn't make any sense at all if you want to use it as a computer because for another $100, whatever it is, you can get a full laptop. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have a touch screen, well, but not most people me, don't right? care about touch I don't, screens. I don't like, I don't want, like, for me, it's MacBook Pro. That's the only MacBook. So you wouldn't use a MacBook Air that's $999? Oh, hell no. I've never, I've always. I, I know it's been like three oh. years, but we've had this argument before, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> Here like, we you go. don't make any sense. <laughs> well, you know what? You want to make another wager? Number two, we've got problem. We talked about the MacBook Air, and right now I got—I was telling—I uh, was telling Matt earlier that I got to blow ten thousand dollars on like computer gear before the end of the month. And oh. look at it now. No one wants to buy the MacBook Pro, or sorry, the MacBook, but everyone wants to buy the MacBook Air because it's just better. Even though the MacBook is cleaner and smaller and thinner and beautiful, it doesn't even have a drive. It has no USB things, whereas the MacBook Air is a better machine. Like. Through and through, all the ways, connectivity, everything. So I don't know who would ever want to buy it. So, but remember, when Matt, remember when you and I were making fun of Ricky about like who the hell would buy a MacBook Air? Look where <laughs> look where we're at right now, man. Yeah, uh, it's the computer to buy. But I, all right. So I went into Best Buy helping a friend buy a computer, and he ended up buying a Samsung desktop instead. Uh, I tried to get him to buy like an iMac or whatever, but whatever. But I showed him the the MacBook Air. He's like. Oh, there's really, you know, so the, that's a cute woman's machine. Is his is like, I mean, granted, it was the pink one or the rose gold or whatever the hell it is they're calling. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's the one that all college students want because it's light and then, you know, I don't know. I it was always the MacBook Pro for me, but I don't know. Yep. Eventually, it's going to get to the point where they're all going to be MacBook Airs. Um, you know, all going to have that same problem. Anyways. Um, so Ricky was with Johnny Ive this week. <laughs> I, on the other end of the spectrum, got rid of my iPhone and bought an Android phone. <laughs> Again. Uh, yeah, all right, so... No, this uh, is the first time. All right, well, yeah, I've had Android before, but... Um, What'd my, you get? My, 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 no, no, I got an S5. I'm really old. Um, all right, so the way... which we're, we're At work, we have to have, like, a, a company phone, and... In 2010 or something like that, we scrapped back BlackBerry and got rid of BAS, um, and we went to Android. Um, but we also supplemented that with um, uh, an, uh, a mobile management de uh, device service that would allow us to use some, some iPhones. It was limited to a certain few that we put out in the field. Um, and uh, that's when I got my iPhone 5, because mm -hmm. I, didn't want, I didn't want an Android. 
at all at that point. Um, mainly because I, for some reason at that point I was still quite frightened by a huge screen. I, mean, I, didn't, want, I didn't want like a five or six inch screen. It was, I mean, I got big man hands, but uh, you know, I mean, these fuckers are huge, but I still don't want like a six inch screen. Um, but my iPhone five like holds a charge for like I don't know. 30 minutes, and it has to be recharged. Um, it was time for something new. Um, anyways, I went with the GS5, which is the latest thing that they'll give out at, at work. Um, and it's fine. I really like... I actually find that I really like Android. I'm finding that I like the bigger screen, um, but because this is a 5.1-inch screen, um, I, I, it's just a tad too big. Uh, I really think that the iPhone 6... You know, S or whatever, at 4.7 would probably be about the perfect size for me. Um, mm -hmm. But I can't get that, you know, at work or whatever. So, um, I was, I, what I spent the week doing is going through and trying to find apps for my phone um, that kind of oh. match up, that match up with the things that I used on iPhone. Like, mm -hmm. like so, you guys know, I, I've always been big on Twitter apps. Um, yep. Even though I don't use like Twitter, I don't, <laughs> I never tweet, but I still like follow. I follow my followers and stuff. Like I, I retweeted Vince the other day. You like that one? Yeah. Um, so um, Plume is my Twitter app uh, on there, and I've always liked. Um, but I mean, there, even though they've caught up to uh, the iPhone in terms of numbers, um, the design on Android is still quite lacking. It's it's just like the design. All right. So now that I've switched from Mac to Windows. I found that I despise the design of Windows apps. I mean, it's just they. I mean, it used to be okay. I I didn't mind Windows Seven or uh, Win Windows um, Vista or any of those. I didn't mind the design of the apps in there because you know they all were kind of unique. But now they're all just this flat, ugly design. And uh, Android's kind of followed that in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I don't I don't care for the app design. It's still okay. I can I can stomach it because it's what it what, what I have to have. But I don't know. It's okay. That, and I've had this phone for two weeks now, and there's a big scratch right down the fucking center of the screen already. <laughs> See, the thing for me, because I, I ran the... I think I was using a Nexus 4. Um, the problem for me with it was more... Because I, I was lacking the integration with all the iCloud stuff, right? Like the contacts, yeah. the calendar, the messages... And just trying to find something like there were all these apps that said that you know if you install it on Android it would actually pull in the stuff, but none of them fucking work, man. I was yeah. like, so oh. the good news is I was never into the iCloud stuff because because <coughs> okay, yeah. it was my work phone. We can actually use that. Yeah, yeah, that'll make it easier. It, it, it's all proprietary yeah. stuff. So, anyways, that's what I did this week. I, I didn't even. I mean, I was still reading the Robert McNamara book, but I only got like ten pages done this week because I was every time I had to put my, you know, I put it away and had my phone in my hand, started looking for apps. Uh, <laughs> so nice. Like every time I get a new phone, you gotta go through and get new apps and find what apps you gotta use. And, uh, anyways, uh, that is it for us this week. Uh, next week we're <laughs> we're going back to the future. Uh, <laughs> apparently, um, and you guys are gonna kill me because I have never watched this movie. What? Oh, it's okay. It's okay. He'll 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 like it. He'll like it. I think he'll like it. <laughs> anyways, yeah, I've never watched Back to the Future. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at MTWB on Twitter. Vince who actually tweets the most out of everybody, which is hilarious if you've been following us for any amount of time, because Ricky and I are the ones that introduced him to Twitter, and yet he uses it more than both of us. Yeah. Uh, Vince is BWHY, and Ricky uh, is Ricky underscore Williams 1. 
Uh, if you want to email us, uh, I'm not even going to give out that email address. That's just terrible. I need to find a new one. It's the insert name here show at gmail.com. Uh, I just don't want any numbers. I hate, you know, Gmail, when you sign up for a new account, you got to get an, uh, they like give you numbers or whatever, you know, if somebody else already has the name you want. Like, I don't want a number after our podcast. Anyways, eventually, we'll do that. Uh, anyways, we will be back next week with Ricky and Back to, back to the Future, part one. Take care. Yeah. Guys.